Good morning. As we uh, get into our time of ministry of the word today, uh, there are going to be a couple of things that Deacon Susan and I are going to ask of you. It's a little out of character, a little out of ordinary. And that is, we're going to ask you to talk in church during the sermon. Not right now. I'll let you know. Last year, at uh, this time, I preached a message on living resurrection in prayer. Um, one of the disciplines of celebration that I'm trying to walk in is walking in these seasons of celebration, Eastertide. So what does it mean to live in resurrection? And so last year around this time, I talked about living in resurrection through prayer. Uh, and prayer is a key in living in such resurrection power. What I'm drawing attention to for us today is living resurrection in care, in care. So live resurrection in prayer, live resurrection in care. If I get to preach around this time next year, I've got to rhyme it, so I got 12 months to work on that. So <laughs> what I want to draw our attention to out of 1 Peter is he's directing us to powerful living, and all of it is as a result of the resurrection. He says in verse 3, we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He goes on to say, this is an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. This is not an inheritance that is fragile. It is incredibly tough. It is an inheritance that go, goes through trials. It is an inheritance that could be tried in the fire and shown to be genuine. Resur resurrection life isn't about something fragile. It is about what endures. In the past, I've given the illustration of a toolbox and different things that we've talked about over, over the years. And one of the things that we have as we work around the house is tools are good to have, but more importantly, the right tools are good to have. And, and for all of us, uh, you know, oh, I don't have the right tool. Honey, I'm going to go to the hardware store <laughs> three times. <laughs> Get the right tool. Uh, and it's important to have that, you know. So if I'm, if I'm fumbling around and, and need to ch uh, change an electrical switch, this just isn't going to do me much good, okay? Uh, it, it's just not. If I need to, to work around and, and try to figure out how to fix the, the plumbing and got to get under the sink, I, this isn't going to help me much either, you know? Now, the way I am, how handy I am and, and uh, repair prone I am, this always works. <laughs> if you have a hammer, everything's a nail. And, and we talked about that in, in context of the different disciplines in our lives, the study of the word. If we have a hammer and there's a particular way that we like to engage the word, then every time we engage the word, it's a nail to us. But the thing about that is, is if we engage the word in only one way, that the, the enemy has an interest in drying up that opportunity and keep us out of the word. 
But if we have several tools in the toolbox, then we're able to engage the word in different ways. It could be in the daily office and you're reading through scripture that way. It could be Lectio Divina is another tool to pull out of the toolbox. It could be a deep study into a particular book of the Bible. There are all kinds of ways to engage the scripture and utilize tools in the toolbox. The toolbox works that way with prayer. When we, we have certain ways that we can pray, but if a way that we have as a favorite way to pray gets stale, we either quit or pull out, an, or we can pull out another tool in the toolbox to keep our spirits alive. The tool of the prayer book is what I talked about last year brought to our attention. But we can also be in intercession. We can also be in meditation. We can also be more celebratory. We can also be in silence and solitude. Tools in the toolbox. The same way with care. Tools in the toolbox. We're gonna focus on care today as we talk about Stephen ministry. There isn't one way to care for people in the body of Christ. When each of us go through trials and tough spots or places where we could really use a listening ear and someone to come alongside and pray with us, we don't all process the same way. Care has different tools in the toolbox. There can be the tool of spiritual counseling with clergy. There can be the tool of group care say a group for addictions or a group for grief as examples. There can be the tool of professional counseling for any number of areas we may need help in. But there can also be the care of Stephen ministry. A little over a year ago, we began a journey in this church with Stephen ministry. And now we're ready to move into a whole new phase today. And we're gonna mark this transition. Deacon Susan and I went through Stephen Leader training a little over a year ago and learned more about what this church could do to care for people in the congregation. Stephen ministry is designed to equip people in the congregation to provide high-quality, one-to-one, Christ-centered care to people in the congregation and the community as they are experiencing difficulties in life. We may all have times of strain where we, we're having a believer alongside to hear us and pray with us can be of great help. Since last September, we have trained six people to be active listeners and prayer guides and to be able to come alongside others one-on-one -on -one in our congregation and in our community. And we're here today to celebrate their hard work and commission them into ministry. These are folks who have spent over 50 hours in training. This is a huge commitment. And we, we're, gonna, we are here to celebrate them and we're here to offer to the church another way to live resurrection in care, another tool in our toolbox. As I've reflected on our passages for today and I look at 1 Peter and see, I see some things that speak directly to Stephen ministry and what we hope to see going forward. In verse six, Peter says, we have various trials in our lives and those do indeed happen from time to time. Our next step in Stephen ministry is to ask you as a congregation to think of times in your life or in the life of someone you know 
who, where they've been through some tough spots or possibly in a tough spot or a trial right now. And our Stephen ministers are ready to come alongside in various times of trial that people may have. If that may be you or someone you know, you are invited to let us know. Deacon Susan, myself, Father Robert, Father Mark, we've created a, web, a, a ministry page that on the church website. Our emails are in the bulletin. And we have a process to take people through as care receivers to make sure each one is matched up with a Stephen minister. And our invitation to you is this. Don't walk a difficult path alone. Or for someone you know, don't let them walk alone. You can talk to us confidentially. We all walk through various trials. So this is where I'm going to ask this very uncomfortable thing for you to talk during the sermon. What are examples of difficult spots where it's great to have someone come alongside? A death in the family. What else? New baby. New baby. What else? Illness, extended illnesses and dealing with that. Somebody else. A divorce. Yes. Somebody else. Addictions. Yes. Some, uh, any other things? Job loss. Financial difficulties. and The strain of that. All of these are areas where to, to be able to be able to express that and to have someone come alongside and walk with us in prayer. The body of Christ can work to walk through these trials together. When we do, there is a genuine faith shown to the world, and we are living resurrection in care. Deacon Susan. Thank you. That was so powerful. Uh, he set things up beautifully for me because I'm going to ask you to talk in the sermon as well so, in a little bit. But, you know, Peter goes on in, um, in the same chapter 1, verse 22. Uh, he talks more about how brothers and sisters should love one another. And he says, you were cleansed from sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. What does sincere and deep love look like in the body of Christ? And this is where I'd like to invite you to give me examples of sincere and deep love in the body of Christ. What have you experienced? Providing meals. Providing meals. Yes, that's a huge way to show your, your sincere love to people. What, what other things have you experienced in the body of Christ? Now you talk to Dan, so I'm fe I'm f I'm feeling really rejected here. Come on now. <laughs> Prin prison ministry, yes. Listening. Somebody said listening. Yes, just to have somebody really be with you and actively listening without without trying to fix the problem, right? Um, what other kinds of things? Oh yeah, right. Sharing gifts. 
uh, for those who are less fortunate. Yes. Prayer support. Prayer support. Absolutely. Weep with those who weep. Amen. Those are wonderful examples. And I would add to that trust and vulnerability and grace. So one vital aspect of Stephen ministry that, that it calls our congregation to a whole body ministry of resurrection care for one another. Giving care is only one half of the equation. Learning to be honest and vulnerable and receive care is perhaps our biggest challenge. At least it has been for me. But I've heard so many stories from people in the congregation of the way we care for people. And I think our church really does a great job of that. Meals and prayers, home communion, encouragement, hospital visits, all the things that have been mentioned. But I believe God is calling us to a deeper place, a deeper growth in providing ongoing sustainable care for folks going through a painful and challenging time. So what do I mean by whole body care? Well, we have just walked with Jesus through Holy Week and celebrated his resurrection on Easter Sunday. But if you'll give me an opportunity, I'd like to take a moment to reflect on Monday, Thursday and the common practice of foot washing in the church. In John 13, Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. Now, in today's time, we don't, we don't see people washing feet. You know, that's not a common practice. But the concept here is that the Lord of the universe was serving by washing his disciples' feet. He was showing them an act of service. It was something a servant would normally do in a household. It was not the job of someone wealthy or a king or certainly the creator of the universe would do. But Jesus, as the leader, got down and did the dirty job of washing their feet because he was showing his disciples what love and service look like. I think an a, a really an essential aspect of serving like Jesus that is often overlooked in this story is that he calls us not only to wash others' feet, but to humble ourselves and allow our feet to be washed by others. I think, so that's what I want to focus on today. Jesus was giving the disciples an example of what resurrection care looks like and charging his followers to love one another in this way. Now, we didn't offer foot washing on Monday, Thursday during Holy Week this year, but sometimes we do. And I think it represents a vital aspect of care and service. So as part of our Lenten study, many of us read a book by theologian Reverend Esau Macaulay, and I'd like to share a short story from his study. As he talked about his first experience with foot washing in the Episcopal Church, he says, most members were too shy to come forward for foot washing, so the clergy was willing to humble themselves, but the congregation thought such humility was not required. Foot washing services required a vulnerability many of us would rather avoid. And he says, but the very things we run from are what are needed for the healing of our soul. And I want to say that again and let it sink in. The very things we run from are what is needed to bring healing to our souls. Now, growing up in a primitive Baptist church in Alabama, Esau, they, where they practice foot washing every month on one Sunday, uh, he, he shared an experience he had as a teenager. 
He said, if you pretend, this was with his teenage friends who had to come to the Sunday service of foot washing. If you pretend not to need my help, I will pretend not to need yours. We can fake it together. Does that resonate? It does for me. But this is a lie, he says. Monday Thursday is about facing that deception. We need God's love and the love of the community. We need to be served by God, and we need to be served by God's people. I imagine that Peter remembered how he reacted to Jesus at the Last Supper when he was commending the believers in Asia Minor to love each other deeply with all your heart. I wonder if we're not like Peter when he told Jesus, Lord, do you wash my feet? You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus' response to Peter, if I do not wash your feet, you have no share in me. Our challenge is not our willingness to wash others' feet, but how willing are we to humble ourselves and allow our brothers and sisters to wash our feet and care for us when we're going through a difficult season. Washing feet, if you've ever experienced that, is a very personal and intimate experience. And receiving from others often requires vulnerability and trust. But it can be a beautiful, safe refuge from the world's harsh, judgmental, and tough-it-out attitude that we have, in, especially in our country. Father Mark reminded me earlier that God made us to grow and heal in community. It cannot happen in isolation. We need one another to heal and to grow. The story of Peter's reaction to the idea that Jesus wants to wash his feet is a critical part of the story and one that strikes me to the core. It's not just Peter's brash, impulsive personality that stirs such a reaction, but it is a huge part of our human nature. And it is one of our flaws that limits and keeps the body of Christ from fully embracing Jesus' commandment to love one another as yourself. I think if you're like me, we often struggle with the idea that God knows us fully. The hairs on our head and the sins that so easily entangle us and loves us completely. And this is the kind of love God calls us to, to love one another and to allow ourselves to be fully known and loved. That's the hard part. We're pretty good at serving and helping others, but receiving care and service means we aren't perfect. We don't have it all together. We are weak and we need our feet washed. We need someone to talk to about our struggles. We need to let someone into the dark and hurting places in our lives. Someone who will walk alongside of us without judgment. We need to trust God and we need to trust our brothers and sisters. The Stephen ministers who will be commissioned today have learned that an essential part of caring for others is creating what we call a safe house. In each relationship, that it is founded on grace-based acceptance, listening, empathy, confidentiality, and trust. We know this takes time. 
So Stephen ministers will meet with their care receivers once a week for about an hour, allowing time for trust and grace to grow so that there is a safe place to express your feelings and be real and honest about what's going on in your life. We are blessed and grateful to commission our six Stephen ministers this morning, and we have confidence that by God's grace, they will care for those going through difficult times with compassion and empathy and trust. Our Stephen ministers have gone through extensive training, as Deacon Dan mentioned, to learn how to create that safe place, that safe refuge for others. And they've also experienced trials and painful times themselves. So their empathy and understanding is based on just a real and honest experience. Now, you may have a lot of questions about Stephen ministry because this is pretty new for us. And we have a lot of detailed information on the website. Thank you, Gabe, for doing that beautiful page on our website under ministries, uh, where you can find out a lot more detailed information, as well as, you know, we have brochures in the narthex. But we're happy to talk to you in person, whether Deacon Dan or Father Robert, Father Mark, or myself. So please, if you have questions or you're interested in any aspect of it, please let us know. In closing, God may speak to you today and stir your heart to participate in some aspect of Stephen ministry, perhaps as a Stephen minister or a care receiver, or perhaps giving your administrative skills or intercessory prayer, because that will be essential for this ministry to really thrive and to really be effective. There are many ways to serve with Stephen ministry, and that's why I believe it's a whole body ministry. It engages everyone in our congregation to grow and learn how to love one another, whether serving and giving or receiving, as Christ loves us. Amen?